Well, if you weren't there, uh, we missed you, uh, but we did not want you to miss the opportunity of seeing and hearing the declarations of faith made by our uh, by those who were baptized. They're not all young, so I was I was going there in my mind. So, but maybe just maybe this is a step that you need to take as an individual, a, a step of loving. Uh, Jesus in the way that he's called us to love him, to be obedient to his call on your life. So if that's the case, uh, that connect card that was referred to a little bit earlier, you take that out and write, write down or check off baptism there because that may be of interest to you and we would love to be able to uh, come alongside you and help you to live the life that Jesus desires for you and make these steps of obedience for him couple of thank yous that I want to make. Uh, it, there, were, there was a crew here yesterday who did a huge task, helped us to end our water mitigation issue. I don't know how many of you know or have been around for the last, I don't know, 40 years uh, or so. We've had a water problem in our basement. Every so often we'll, we'll see water come in. And last summer was kind of the... Uh, the dam that broke, literally, I think for people in the church and for us where there was water everywhere. And so we uh, started on this whole process of, of uh, finding out who could help us with that. And we hired a company. They helped to dig us out. But there were a couple other steps that needed to be taken and, and some window wells needed to be dug and put in. And I'm grateful for Paul and uh, the property team and a few others who stepped in to take this job on a very hot day. I understand, uh, for those of you Michigan fans watching, and yes, I did watch a little bit of the game in between sleeping, but uh, that it was pretty hot uh, outside. But on on the football field, did you know it was like over 100 degrees? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know. So those guys that are out there working, thank you very, very much, uh, because I'm sure that, yeah, yeah. Now, if you desire to get some exercise uh, and desire to help us keep our property in a place where we can use it for the kingdom, for Jesus and his kingdom, uh, just let us know that again on your connect card. It's one of those things that you can go, hey, I'm not available all the time, but Paul would love to see that hand raised on your connect card and uh, be able to call you uh, with your specialty and help him out. It's just one of the ways, again, laugh, tapping into last week, one of the ways that we can be uh, participants in the body life and uh, to allow it to be used. Hey, if you are a first-time visitor with us today, or you're a first-time visitor and you have not received the gift that we hand out, uh, we want you to make sure, we want to make sure you have that. And that is a t-shirt, Malcolm uh, is wearing the t-shirt for us this morning. Our Kids Zone staff, many of them wear it every Sunday when they're down in Kids Zone. We want to make sure that you have this shirt, you can wear it around. The cool thing is there's only one spot on the back that has anything to do with really us. It's, it says Ypsilanti Free Methodist on the back. On the front it says live out love. Now who wouldn't want to do that, right? Uh, uh, by the way, it's a definition that Jesus, Jesus' definition of living out love, not usually ours, okay? Hey, we're in a new season. Uh, how many of you are in a new season of your life right now? 
Some of you are going, I, I didn't know I was, but I think I'm going to get convinced here. I bet you are. If yesterday's gone, today's a new day, uh, God gives us new mercies every day, but he also gives us new starts, new seasons, and in those new seasons, how many, if you're starting a new season, want to see some fruit on the tree? Anybody? Anybody want to see some fruit on your tree? Yeah, absolutely. I see that hand raised back there, Declan. Yeah, that's right. We all want to see fruit in a new season. But the question is, the question is, do, are we ready to do what it takes to produce the fruit that we desire? A few weeks back, oh, by the way, uh, we're, we are offline. Uh, we are being recorded right now, but pray for our brother James. He was working with uh, his dad to help fix the well in his house and he smashed the index finger in his thumb. Yeah. Now, uh, the interesting thing is, the very cool thing is that he had surgery to repair the nerve damage and tendons and had a graft, but he needs prayer. It's one of the reasons why we're not online visually, but the recording will be up. So you can pray for him and others are on vacation. All right, so you probably are wondering, Wait, I got this email, but what's the deal? Uh, it's not our plan to stay this way all the time. But anyway, a few weeks back, and I, back, I transitioned from a, a PC environment to a Mac environment. Some of you are saying, why in the world would you do that? I get it. I hear, kind of hear the mumblings. And others are saying, whoa, it's about time. Yep, right? All that said, uh, I, I decided to move to a different environment. And uh, again... Uh, if you're familiar at all, the environments may not be that dissimilar, but it's like uh, the PC environment uses, you can use any illustration you want, the right hand, and the Mac environment uses the left hand. And I knew, I knew when I started that there would be a learning curve, and there has been. Uh, there are some days where I'm, I'm searching and hunting on how to use my applications in a Mac environment. Uh, they're dissimilar than a PC environment. But when I started this new season, couched in a new season, I expected fruit that I would become more proficient in using that environment. And yes, it is true. I have uh, become more fruitful. It's not all the way there yet. And yes, if you're wondering, I guess the pun is intended. Okay. Okay. All right. There you go. It's coming. So if you're a teacher... Uh, you're homeschooling uh, or you're with other kids students through the day you desire uh, in this new season not just to make it through the day and if you're one of those type of teachers you just want to make it through the day let's have a conversation a little bit later because everybody can see it I'm just telling you everybody can see that all right but your desire is those students in the class as a whole and individually will not only do well on their exams, turn in their homework, behave, all those good things that you desire, but what you desire in them, and I'm placing this on you, I guess, you desire that they would have a hunger for learning, that, you, that they would have a hunger to, to read more books and learn the math that they don't know, and learn about the places, geography, that they do not know. That's, is that a subject anymore? Uh, yes, very good. I'm glad to know that it's a subject, because conversations with a few people have t t kind of made me wonder. So anyway, but you don't want survival and just self-preservation as your goal. 
Your desire is to have, uh, in this new season, you want new fruit, and out of that new fruit is not just healthy exams. If you're a teacher of, of some sort, you want to see that there's a hunger to learn more. That's really the drive. In fact, A's aren't really, uh, maybe I'm speaking on behalf of my wife and I, A's were not the goal in our household. Uh, now, if they came, we loved them. But the hunger to learn was our goal. It was our desire as parents. Maybe you have a new hobby or a new routine and you're incorporating it into your days and your weeks and months, like walking, running, woodworking, or birding, or whatever else. Did you know that birding just took a, a tremendous uptick during the pandemic? Maybe you knew that. Maybe you're one of them. I don't know. Uh, but it did take this uptick. You fill in the blank. You want whatever that new thing is that you're doing, that new hobby or whatever, you want fruit in the new season. Even if it's something that's existing, you want to learn a new skill. I, I know my friend Malcolm here, he is a woodworker and he wants to see greater skill coming from his woodworking. Maybe you're the same way. May We all have similar goals though, outside of some of these individual goals. Did you know that? We want to become healthier as people. I think generally, it's not our desire when we get up in the morning to go, you know, I just want to be more unhealthy than I was yesterday, right? I mean, I don't think that's our goal. We want, if we're married, we want our marriages to become stronger. That is a goal of ours. I mean, we don't get up and go, you know, I am, I'm in the job of sabotaging my marriage. It's just, that's, that's the goal for today, Right? We maybe, as we're following Jesus, we want to spend more time in his word, and not just spend more time in his word, but come to understand it and have it kind of indwell in us in ways that we've never seen before. Prayer. I mean, you list the things off, whether you're in a new season. Friends, if you're not in the word, let me tell you what your new season is to get into the word. As you're a if you call yourself a follower of Jesus or in prayer or one of those things. So adopt one of those, please. Did you, do you know that even inside the environment of our body, our gathering, we have a desire to see fruit from our environments? You're a parent and you're sending your kids to Kid Zone. The desire of Kid Zone is not to babysit, it's not a bad word, but babysit your children. It is not. Our desire is to see them grow in the likeness of Jesus to love God, love all people, and follow Jesus beyond you, beyond us, right? Uh, it, whether it's student ministry, we don't want them just to show up to eat snacks. We want them to be challenged in their faith, to take their childlike faith and move it, if you will, and it's, childlike faith is not bad, by the way. There is some, Jesus advocates for some of that, but to move our faith from that childlike faith to a growing, adult, maturing, mysterious type of place where it is. Uh, friends, could I have the middle lights on for our, some of our friends that are in here? Uh, if you've heard me back there, you can flip those on. Thank you. What about in missions? We desire ourselves to grow in missions. Our desire is for you to personally see that Jesus has called you into missions to share Jesus to be about his justice in the world, whatever is your passion. But we also have a desire locally to be passionate for what Jesus is doing. 
and to support our friends globally in what they're doing around the world. In a few weeks, we'll have a wonderful opportunity to have Beth and Russ White with us who are in Kenya. He's a doctor and doing some great work and building their, I think they're moving and building into a new facility. We want not only to to see them do what they did last year, but we want to see them grow because I think that Jesus would want to see them grow and develop as he leads them. We all want to see fruit in a new season. But in order to see new, new uh, fruit, fruit in a new season, we have to tend the gardens we have planted. We have to tend the gardens we have planted. Many times our desires for fruit in the new seasons, whether they're hobbies, our work, our health, our marriage, uh, school, whether you're a student or a teacher, uh, start with really great intentions. They start with really great intentions, right? I mean, like, I know, I I remember those days when our kids were like, oh, I can't wait to get to school. And uh, a few of our, a couple of our children at least had these like, we're going to have all of these routines and we're going to make sure we do our homework and all this kind of stuff. They have really good intentions. But soon, those intentions just kind of wane. And they get wore down, right? I want to give us uh, a clue, I think. It's more than a clue. Of why we get stuck often uh, in those places and spaces where we're not able to see the fruit where we want to see the fruit. Paul has a word for us. Paul struggled with the spin of being stuck sometimes in the same place he was before, wondering why he did what he did before. And maybe you're wondering the same thing. Why am I still circling the same spot in my marriage? Why am I in the same spot in my health? Why are we in the same spot? You just keep going. Why am I there? Well, if you will, I want you to stand for the reading of God's word to honor it this morning. Our passage is found in Romans chapter 7. Paul says this, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? He's asking, who is going to get me out of the spin of sin that I'm in? Who's going to help me become a better person? Who's going to create the change that I need to move out of where I am? Father, we see ourselves. It is a new season with new routines and great desires and even greater intentions. We ask with the truth of your word and the power of your spirit, change us to become more like your son, Jesus. It is in his name we pray, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. We will be talking about what most of us avoid, knowingly or unknowingly. And that is discipline. 
So what is discipline? Discipline is very simply this. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Choosing what you want most over what you want now. Very simple. We all desire, like I said, to, to have very similar things. Whether you're young or old, we all have these similar things. We want to have friends and we want to have healthy friends around us. We want to have a strong, if we're married, we want to have strong marriage or someday we want to have a strong marriage, right? We want to have healthy bodies. We want to be financially secure. We want to get good grades. But here is the problem. Desires don't determine who you become. Disciplines determine who you become. Disciplines determine who you become. Habits and rhythms that honor God will bring a better and a more fruit-filled life. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's scripture, potentially in a nutshell, to honor him. Why is it that we try so hard but fall so short? One of the reasons is because we work on willpower, and willpower does not work. We think that it does, but it doesn't. Willpower is a lot like a muscle. Uh, anybody go to the gym and work out? Yeah, every, well, or maybe you used to? All right, there you go. So willpower is a lot like a muscle. Once you work it too hard, it becomes fatigued, and the power starts to wane. Uh, that's why some of your some of your football teams that you were watching, or some of the football teams you were watching, maybe not yours, uh, at the end of the game, they were losing gas. There's only so much that's in the tank. There's only so much muscle, even though they can bench press 335 pounds, there's only so much of that they can give out at a certain time. We get tired, and because we live on willpower, it only lasts for a little bit of time. Willpower will only get you so far. Let me give you an example. There are donuts in the church or in the office, but you have determined I am not going to eat a donut. So you walk past the donuts once and you smell them, but you say, you know what? I'm not going to do it. And then you walk past them once again and, and three or four people, let's say you're in the office or three or four people around you, they're eating a donut and you realize, you know, I... I think I like those things. Then you walk past them again and you realize the, the wafting smell of the yeast and the donuts just overtaking you. Are you starting to salivate right now? <laughs> you should be because I am, right? I'm thinking of Dom's or wherever your favorite place is, right? You smell them? Yeah. And all of a sudden you walk past a fourth time and you go, you know, I'm just going to have half of a donut. I'm only going to have half. And then you walk past them again, whether in the office or in your house or here, and you realize that other half of the donuts is just sitting there. It's all alone, right? See, willpower is much like that. Willpower doesn't work for long because it eventually begins to wane, especially if it's out of our own will and our own power, which is a real problem for followers of Jesus because we think we think if we're following Jesus, you know, that we should be able to do this on our, on our own. We, we have Jesus, right? But it happens in other areas, too, and this is the incredible thing. We're supposed to be good. We're supposed to honor God. We're not supposed to do bad, right? We're supposed to pray, read our Bibles, be nice and serve and be generous. We're just not supposed to do bad. We're not supposed to lie. 
I'm not supposed to cheat. I'm not supposed to cheat, steal. And we definitely are not supposed to yell at people no matter where. We're supposed to do good, not bad. Right? And we're supposed to be good. So what happens? What happens between the, the, in that place of the good intentions and the desire on our part? What happens in that space and place, right? Before long, we realize that we've been wore down. And you sampled whatever you said you weren't going to sample. You did whatever you said you weren't going to do. You clicked where you thought you weren't going to click. And you bought it. And now you're going, whoa, how did that happen? Do you want, do you want to know something? There's an enemy that's after you. There's an enemy that's after you, and he tends to minimize the consequences of any kind of wrongdoing you do. You know, he has, a, he has a voice. That voice that said, hey, take that, sample that, do that. It won't be that bad of a deal. Just read Genesis 1 and 2. It's not that big of a deal. You'll, you'll see. That same voice that tends to minimize the consequences is the same voice that condemns you after you step over the line. It's that same voice, that one that connects your failure, though, with your identity. And he tells you, you are a bad person. You're a spiritual failure. How in the world? Right? But he minimizes it before you step over the line and he maximizes it with the same voice when you step over. It's an incredible thing. Paul says this in Romans 7.24. We read it. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life dominated by sin? What is it that causes me to do this? Right? He Basically, I, I'm, I'm bad because I can't do what I want. This opens up, if you will, a cycle of shame. A a cycle of shame where we try harder. Our willpower, we attempt to try it. And then over time, we try hard. Our willpower then weakens. And inevitably, there's a a failure in our follow-through, in our desires. We have great intentions, great desire, but there's an inevitable failure in follow-through. And then we hear the words of guilt, but even worse, the words of shame that follow, that connect what you have done with who you are, right? Connects with who you are. So who can help me to be different? Who who can change this? Who can change this distorted identity that we often carry within us in this cycle of shame? there's a day that sometimes we, there's a day I think that we wake up and realize, man, I've I've been exercising this on my own power and my own strength and my own willpower. I really can't do this on my own. And can I tell you, you're right. And can I tell you, it's not a something you need, it's a someone you need. Because in Paul, Paul says in Romans 7, Verses 24 and 25 connecting him. He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Who can help me to be different? Who can help me to honor God? Who can give the power that I need to be fruitful in this new season? I'm in a new class with things I don't understand. I'm with new people that I want to have great relationships with. I want to have a stronger marriage in the next, right? Who can help me? And he says, thank God, it's Jesus Christ, our Lord. It is Jesus Christ. It is a power that I do not have because it is a power that I do not have because when he, because he who, sets, who the Son sets free is free indeed. And this is the key. This is the key. It starts with our identity. It's not all about behavior. In fact, uh, I will tell you, yesterday I was reading a book for those of you who are, uh, you know, maybe walking through a little faith deconstruction on your own or you know somebody is walking through some faith de- deconstruction. A.J. Sawoda has a great book called Beyond Doubt. And he, he, he identifies that sometimes uh, this emphasis on behavior within uh, even uh, church environments in, in t- inside of our behavior, inside of our environments of the gathering, that <clears throat> it's an overemphasis, not a, on it, and it's skewing our ability to rely on Jesus only. That if I do the right thing, then I will be the right person. And he's like, oh no, it's all about Jesus. And I would agree. That's what it, we're, Paul is saying here is that our key starts with our identity, our identity of who we are. It's not about you trying harder to be a better version of you. It's about a greater power than what you have to do the changes from the inside out that empower you to become the person God designed and desired you to be from the very beginning. It starts with identity. Can somebody say identity? Yeah. Nice. That's right. So the Satan or evil one wants you to think you are what you did you're bad because you failed listen you're not what you did you're not who others say you are you're not even what your own voice of discouragement that condemns you in your mind says you are and we all have tapes that run in our minds that tell us a lie who are you if you're a follower of Jesus you are who God says you are you are who God says you are if you're in Christ he says you're forgiven If you're in Christ, there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. He says says you're an ambassador of the Most High if you're in Christ. He calls you called and set apart. You have the righteousness of God in Christ dwelling within you if you are a follower of Jesus. You can do all things and anything he calls you to do through the power of Christ that gives you strength. He can do this. You are an overcomer, not by your own blood, not by your own willpower, but by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. When you know who you are, you you know what to do. A lot of times we succumb to this thing within the church that's about behavior modification. If I just change my behavior, then it'll all work. It's not done that way. Jesus says, and Jesus proclaims to us through Paul, that it's about spiritual transformation from the inside out. Jesus has to do this. The very core of you, when you become a child of God, you are a child of God. You're not a better version of you. You're a different version of you. You're transformed. You're changed. You're new. Scripture says the old self... That pathetic thing is gone. And behold, because of Jesus, all things have become new in you. 
It is a transformation. You belong to Jesus when you recognize that you belong. You belong to Jesus when you recognize that you belong to Jesus. I know, seems kind of a strange statement, but it's true. So some of you, maybe all of us, need to just close our eyes. Just close our eyes. And just feel the truth. Feel the truth and say it. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. He is my source. He is my identity. I belong to Jesus. He is my strength. I belong to Jesus. He, his power is made perfect in my weakness. I belong to Jesus. When you recognize you belong to Jesus, listen, you're no longer a slave to your sinful desires, but you're filled with the spirit of God that gives you strength. It's that spirit that gives you the strength to choose what you, mu- what you want most over what you want now. So, if your eyes are open, great. If they're not, you can open them. How do we live this out? What is the next step in the application of this truth? Paul says it this way in Galatians 5, 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the, spe- of the flesh. You, you may need to write this down. I get it. It might be really simple. Walk by the Spirit, Walk by the Spirit. You're going to walk by the Spirit. And when you do, when you walk by the Spirit, you will not, Scripture says, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is where, frankly, some of us uh, need to do a a hard work of, do I believe that the Word of God is true? Is it true for me and is it true for all that if I walk by the Spirit, I will not gratify the flesh? The Greek word translated flesh is the word sarks. It does not mean your skin. We talked about that last week. It's used 147 different times in the New Testament. What it means is your sinful nature. It's your sinful desires. The apostle Paul said elsewhere, he said, we put no confidence in the flesh. In other words, we put no confidence in our willpower of what we're talking about today. We're going to We're going to walk in the Spirit. When we're walking in the Spirit, when we're faithful to the direction of God, when we're empowered by the Spirit, we will not, not by our willpower, but by the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of our sinful fleshly nature. We will not do that. The word walk in the Greek is from the Greek word peripateo. Peripateo. Can you say that? Yeah, good. Good job. It just simply means continuous, regular action, habitual way of life, or sometimes we use the word a practice. Practicing the way of Jesus is really kind of one of those phrases. We just want to walk, continually walk in that way. And when you walk by the Spirit, it's not a one-time event. It is an ongoing, habitual way of life or a rhythm of life. What are you doing? I'm waking up, and I'm depending on the Spirit of God. I'm asking the Spirit to give me words to say. I'm asking the Spirit to give me wisdom on what to do. I'm asking the Spirit to give me the power to say yes to what is right. I'm not depending on myself anymore. This may be something you need to do before you even get out of bed. You're laying there and you're you're thinking, I got to get up. The alarm's gone up. But you say, first, Spirit, I need you to fill me fresh. I need your empowerment. There's no other way this day is going to work without you. I need you to do that. 
It's, it's not by my power. It is by the power of God living in us. So how do we do this? We have to take steps of faith. I mean, this is maybe a strange concept for some of us to walk by the Spirit, but we take steps of faith in our Christian walk, in our following of Jesus, if you will. You don't just take one. You take steps of faith followed by other steps of faith, followed by continuous, habitual, or rhythmic actions depending on God and God alone. And you take another step of faith. And before long, once you've taken enough steps of faith, you're, living, <laughs> you're not living according to what you see right? You're not living according to what you see, but you're living according to the spirit of the living God within you, seeing its way out into every step of your life. You're undoing, if you will, you're re, <laughs> re-engineering the identity of who you are. You're no longer uh, identified with those things that are failures you're walking in the spirit you are i belong you say to yourself i belong to jesus and sometimes we need those mantras or for some of us others who are uh, in some other avenues they're breath prayers i belong to jesus and sometimes we have to say those things over and over and over and over again to ourselves until we we are just living it And when you do, you don't obey the desires of the flesh. It becomes a habitual spiritual habit that is born out of spiritual identity. That you become people who walk, we become people who walk by the Spirit. Now, the interesting thing is Paul does not use the word running here. He didn't say you're running with the Spirit. He he said we're going to walk and it's going to take some time. If you're in this journey and you're journeying with me, it's going to take time and it's a challenge because the sinful desires are there and you have to uh, redesign your mind uh, and your heart in the way of living for him. And there's, there's, the the truth is, is it's not an immediate payoff. It's not an immediate payoff. Uh, how many times, uh, how many times does it take? As many times as it'll take, right? So the crazy thing is sin is an immediate gratification. You know that, right? You, you said, I- I'm not going to do that Netflix binge again. And all of a sudden you find yourself tired. You're living under willpower and you flick on the TV again. And you've gone through three episodes and half the day is gone. Uh, well, that cookie that you weren't going to eat now becomes three cookies, right? Because they taste good. The, missing the gym didn't seem so bad, right? It just didn't seem like a bad thing to do. But now you've not been to the gym for months and you're still paying the membership fee. And you don't look any different. Well, yeah, you do. You've gained weight. You're out of shape. You're out of breath. I mean, think about it. It takes discipline. It takes control to put these things into practice. And some of us are like, are you kidding me? You're you're saying that Jesus wants to bring more control into my life. Yes, he does. But not by you, but by the Spirit. And not maybe necessarily for the things that you think are vastly more important. See, the desires of the flesh have an immediate payoff, but the fruit of the kingdom, fruitfulness and in the new season, always takes time, but it's discipline, habitual over and over again. 
What do you want most? Seriously, what do you want most in life? A godly marriage? A a rich spiritual legacy that your grandkids can grab a hold of? And you're not even married yet. Seriously. What do you want? Financial freedom? Uh, Maybe not even financial freedom, but you want to be able to spread the wealth. You want to give away. You want to be uh, a philanthropist of sorts. Paul had them, by the way, if you're wondering if, if within Christianity or within the following, they did. Lydia supported his ministry. There are other people who supported him. People do that. A, a meaningful, uh, meaningful relationships. What is the fruit you want to see? Good grace. What is it? The fruit of a new season almost, takes, almost always takes time and repetitive behavior. It's walking by the Spirit. Depending on the Holy Spirit, day by day, moment by moment, it leads you to new fruit. Somebody say, I belong to Jesus. Yeah, we have to remind ourselves that we belong to Jesus. It breaks the cycle. It breaks the cycle. Instead of trying hard and and working on willpower, which will wane and you fail, you feel horrible, the, the, the cycle has to be broken. So we depend on the Spirit. We build our faith. It empowers us to write actions, right? We're going to go, whoa, I can do this, not because of me, but because Jesus has given me the power. And then we, we do, we feel closer to God because we're honoring God. We're blessing God by our obedience and following him. When I'm weak, his spirit, his history is the one who helps me. Think about that. It's not a religious talk. It's spiritual transformation. I depend on the Spirit, and then what happens is it builds my faith because that I know He is with me. And then I depend on the Spirit. It builds my faith. It's, it's, it's work, folks. It's discipline. I think uh, Brother Ray would say, just do it, right? But sometimes we need to remind ourselves collectively of what it means and how it's worked its way out. You can change your identity. You can change when your identity changes. It's not behavior modification. Again, I'm repeating myself because it's so important. It's genuine spiritual transformation empowered by the risen Son of God. We sang earlier about him. We praised his name in song, and he is the one that makes the change. He alone. It's not the habit. You have to understand, it's not the habit. It is Jesus alone who makes the change in us. And when we identify that we're his, he gives us the power. We're not living for the results in the future. We're living from an identity that we have cultivated today. I belong to Jesus. And because I belong to Jesus, this creates habits that are healthy for us. Their habits, whether it's Bible reading, praying, Sabbathing properly, you know, all of these things become habits that, to be really honest, the other things grow out of. The other things emerge out of. We become people who, at work, others want to be around and they desire to learn from. In our hobbies, people then start to see that we're able to stick with it. Why are we able to stick with it? Not by willpower, but because of the spirit of the living God within us. And we give them the answer of the hope that's within us. It's Jesus. We start to see that. Listen to this. 
Listen to this from Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. You're wondering, right? You're wondering, really? Is it the Holy Spirit? Yes. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He brings about the control in our lives. So back to the question, what do you want most? In what way do you want to be different? Who do you want to become? And then as you wake up every day, you wake up with a new identity. This identity that says, I belong to Jesus. You're new in Christ. You're forgiven. You're changed. You're an overcomer. And then the moment by moment, every moment, every step you take, you learn to walk in and by the Spirit. Oh, Okay, what happens when we mess up? Guess what happens when we mess up? Guess what happens when we fall? We confess it. We ask God's forgiveness. And we ask God to give us strength today. And you continue to walk in succession of steps of faith. So in your homes, you're thinking... Uh, there's a new season. Uh, our, the children are in a new class, a new grade, new friends, a new teacher. Whether you think about this or not, that puts you, and you're probably thinking, well, I have the same job, the same people, but it puts you into a new season. We're all in new seasons of life. We, have, we choose them. And I think sometimes when we choose those new seasons, and we declare those places and spaces we're going to see changes as he is able to bring about the fruit that we desire to see in our lives. So maybe today, even if you're thinking, I'm, I'm retired, I'm this, you're in a new season. What do you want to see? What, do you want God, what does God want to do through you for his glory? What fruit does he want to be manifested for, the, for those who come behind? Let's pray. Maybe you have realized you can't say, I belong to Jesus. You're here this morning, you just can't say this because you have not personally decided to follow Jesus. Jesus is our Lord and Savior for those of us who are following. He died on the cross. the, The cross gives us a freedom from sin. The grave gives us a freedom over death. The spirit of the living God, which ascended, uh, came and and dwells to give us a power that, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. This is an incredible thing, friends, and maybe you've never thought about this, but the very areas that you want to have breakthrough, you need the living God to come through and break through. So without following Jesus, the Spirit cannot indwell and break, break in and give you the fruitfulness your heart and your life desires, the, the kind of hungering that you have. Can I just tell you that Jesus invites you this morning into a personal relationship where his spirit and truth can create fruit for not just the moment, but for all eternity. If this is your decision this morning, you can pray with me this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus. Save me and forgive me for my sins. I give you my life and choose to follow love and live for you. This I pray in Jesus' name. If you're a fellow follower of Jesus, brother and sister, uh, this moment right here, 
and maybe for all of us, this, this moment right now is to pray for that fresh infilling of the spirit of the living God. That, that fruit that gives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, when, when and where we have been trying to do it on our own willpower, he wants to give it to us by his spirit and we need a fresh filling. This is what will bring the fruitfulness that truly will give success to your life. So this morning, uh, even as we sing this morning, I want to invite you to the altar this morning. You who declare I belong to Jesus, yet need a fresh filling of his spirit because we all leak, I invite you on this fresh season to come forward and pray and ask for his fresh filling. So as we sing, I invite you, come forward.